following podcast is scheduled for one fall. First coming into the ring, Jose Sorozano. Our next host, Jermaine Meredith. And finally, Bimal Patel. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Smartdown Boulevard. Welcome to Smartdown Boulevard. We are a trio of smarks that love to talk wrestling, but not watch it on a regular basis. My name is Jose Solerzano, and with me are my fellow smart co-hosts, Bamal. We are on day... I don't know. I lost count of quarantine. How you doing? <laughs> still alive. Still alive. The apocalypse hasn't got to me yet. <laughs> Just yet. <laughs> Jermaine, how about you, man? How are you doing on this fine day? I'm doing good. Sitting at work doing nothing, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Jermaine. Classic Jermaine. Before we now get... when the union comes after you, they're going to have like, here's the evidence. Here's the evidence. <laughs> uh, episode three of Smart Down Boulevard, and we present the evidence for you. <laughs> awesome. But before we get into the rundown for today's show, I just want to implore you all to listen to our previous shows on any major streaming platforms because they were nothing but fun all around. And Bamal, I will graciously give you a rematch on Smark or No Smark on a future show, okay? Does that sound good to you? That would be great if it wasn't fixed like last time. Oh. That would be awesome, you know? You, you know what? Screw job going on here. I had Smart nothing. down screw job. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like Shawn Michaels in the early 90s and say I had nothing to do with it. I don't know what you mean. Well, I'm going to say uh, Bmall. Screwed, beam off. Oh, <laughs> oh man! On today's that's awesome. <laughs> On today's Smartdown Boulevard, we discuss the championship belts lacking significance and offer solutions as to how they can be elevated once again in pro wrestling. And yes, we call them belts. They are belts. Thank you, Jim Cornette. And also on today's show, the three of us leave negativity aside and focus on good things, positive things we are noticing in the world of professional wrestling with a segment we like to call the bright side of the ring. Let's go. This is Smartdown Boulevard. Modern day fans call them titles. But that's only because Vince McMahon doesn't like the word belt. They are belts that are symbolic of the title that you own as champion. It's very simple. So wrestling fans always call them belts because that's what they are. That's right, folks. A simple concept. Belts represent titles. They give meaning to the people with them. But the reality fact is belts don't have any more meaning. Belts are just sort of there and they're sticking around. And I think something that I as a smart and probably any of you smarts have realized it's not what it used to be. These titles just have lost all sense. And this is something we talk about. Jermaine, what do you feel about the whole belt situation in, in WWE or just wrestling in general? More, more so WWE. I totally agree with you. I just, I feel like the only two belts in WWE right now that they have long-term planning for are the WWE Championship and the Universal Championship. I just feel that the rest of the belts they're forgotten about. They don't mean anything. They're just put into a bunch of meaningless tournament matches and then they just fade into obscurity at the end of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, like, the, the, so a lot of these belts, you look at, like, the U.S. title, your European title, I, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, it, it made sense if it was like, okay, here's the European title belt and it belongs to the best European wrestler. 
or here's the U.S. title and it belongs to the best U.S.-based wrestler. When you give these titles these names and then they're just throwing them around, I don't know, tell us that this person is over or not. I don't know, Jose, am I rambling or... I think what you're trying to get to, and which is the problem that I have with WWE and their and their belts, there's just too many of them. Long ago are the days when you only had six titles that superstars were chasing. So when I grew up watching wrestling, it was in the 90s. You had the WWF Championship, mm-hmm. the Intercontinental Championship, Tag Team Championships, Women's Championship, the European, and the Hardcore Championship. That's six belts that I can... Name off the top of my head, okay? Nowadays, okay. as of today's recording session, because it always changes, there are 18 <laughs> championship belts. What? 18! Like, why so many? And I know each brand has their own tag titles, their own women's champion, mm-hmm. branded world champion, but come on. Guys, I guarantee you that you cannot name all 18 belts without Googling them. Right? Yeah, I, I gotta agree with you, man. When I was growing up, there was only, like, the World Heavyweight Championship or the WWF Championship belt, mm-hmm. the Intercontinental belt, and Tag Team belt. That's it. I don't know, man. 18 belts is insane. It's like, insane. who are you even elevating? It's insane. And, and there are several problems there because by having so many belts, even with five hours plus of programming per week, WWE is not able to produce consistent and meaningful title matches. Certain belts get lost in the shuffle, and it makes me or the viewer not care about who is champion. I don't care. There's so many belts to follow. Can you name from the top of your head who is the Intercontinental Champion right now? No. I don't know. Exactly. (laughs) But I lost for words. Yeah. Certain belts should be unified. Of course, many say it cannot be done because of the brands, but I say the brands let's get this thing moving it can be done and it has to be done for the sake of the belts and the performers remember when um the european belt was unified with the intercontinental belt that was a ladder match between jeff hardy and rvd unified or when the world championship was unified with the wwe championship in 2013 in a tlc match Randy Orton versus Cena. So unifying the dual championship belts in a match that has some high stakes involved, be it you know a ladder match, last man standing, TLC, you name it, it will allow for it to have one champion, one representative, and this will allow talents to shine and add levity and importance to the belts. The belts are major goals for a wrestler to achieve. It should not be easy to acquire one. It should be a long, grueling process to reach a belt. But that's not what's happening in WWE right now. And I think this is what needs to change. And I think that's a solution to my issue with it. And this is just me talking, but it seems like they're just pumping out belts so jabronis can go on WWE shop and buy the replicas for obscene amounts of money. And, and that annoys me. Jermaine, say something. Help me. I'm getting heated. All right. In order to have the belts mean something, you got to have blood feuds. I'm talking about long-standing personal rivalries that go just that go deeper beyond just professional wrestling. Right. Let me give you an example. The Hardys beat Edge and Christian in a tag team ladder match at No Mercy in 1999. The Hardys turned face the next night on Raw. And that begun a two-year rivalry between Edge and Christian. What came out of that rivalry? Great tag team wrestling. And what was the result of those matches being so great? The belts meant something. They were important enough for them to be killing each other for the next two years. This is what we need today in WWE. We need these long-standing feuds. We need something to make these belts more important. Not just a tournament for the number one contender 
for the IC title, the tag team championships, because we know what happens. Whoever wins the tournament, they go back to defending their belts on the pre-show or being left off of pay-per-views. That's not enough. That's not good enough, especially if you have 18 belts. There's so much talent that can be utilized to bump up the mid-card or the tag team division so you can make these belts mean something again. I really enjoyed what you said there because you're right. These guys put their lives on the line to not only add meaning to their careers, but to the belts. You know, in essence, the belts were elevated in that sense. And guess what? We're still, what was it 1999 you said? That's 21 years ago. And we're yeah. still talking about that right now. How about you, Bamal? Like, do you, I loved what Jermaine said there. Any good feud back in the day was just like that. They were feuds which built up to winning a title, more or less, um, and which also progressed stories. So this you know, goes back to the original issue of long-term booking not being uh, a strong thing in WWE. I mean, Vince has stated, uh, in, I won't say many occasions, but in one occasion I heard in a report that he was like, he looks at the audience in a way that they're kind of dumb and that they will forget and forgive drastic twists in stories. We see this all the time where a story starts and we see no conclusion or it just ends drastically. I mean, like the most classic one I would say is like the Rusev, well, not classic, but one more present nowadays is the Rusev story with him and Lana. Like they sort of just, yeah, they fired him, but it kind of fizzled. And then there was like no payoff. And you know, there's other arguments against that story too, but that's how WWE is. That's how they book. So if we're looking at the issue that we all feel about, which is long-term booking, this is bleeding into other aspects like the meaning of titles and what a title or a belt is supposed to be about. Absolutely. Because, and I use this as a behind the scenes as well. I use this as an example. I brought this up to you guys and I said, look at Goldberg, Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman. All right. You go to Saudi Arabia, Bray Wyatt loses the title to Goldberg, right? Mm -hmm. Then we go to WrestleMania. I get it. Roman Reigns decides to stay home. I'm not knocking the guy for doing that. He's a man for taking that stand because of his newly born twins, okay? But you're telling me that you bring in Braun Strowman, who was not seen on WWE television for almost a month because of the whole COVID crisis. They didn't have anything for him creatively. But because Roman Reigns decides not to show up, WWE cannot sign Goldberg. So what do they do? They just throw in Braun Strowman in there. Just throw him in. And then the title gets passed within two months. One, two, three times. Yeah. That's aggravating. It, it pisses me off. It is. it is. I mean, like, and again, I guess this goes into the other issues with the belts. Like, they're used as a toy, as a ploy, because the assumption's always if you have the belt, you'll increase your sales, right? So it's like, hey, we're going to India. Let's just give Ginger the belt to, you know, make it look like good business. Oh, what? The Revival want to leave? You know what? Let's give them more money, extend their contract, and guarantee the belts, and then give them a really garbage, meaningless title run. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and it's it's really disheartening. I mean, as frustrated as we are, it must be disheartening for the talent to have to be like, yeah, I got the titles, but then you don't really have a reign with it. I mean, look at the New Day. They uh, they won the tag titles and they held it for 483 days. That yeah. was significant, right? Oh, yeah. That was great. But at the same time, that didn't even elevate the belt. It elevated them because look at us. We had the tag team titles for 483 days. The Miz did the same thing too. He elevated the IC belt when uh, he had it. It was a nothing burger. And then he really made it something when he went on that spiel on Talking Smack and he went after Daniel Bryan. And also, he had a great reign. That's the guy who made the belt. But again, 
we only cared about that belt because he made us to because it was a great story. Yeah. And that sort of feedbacks the Jermaine situation. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I agree. And all we can do is offer these solutions as smarks, really. I mean, will the WWE listen to us? Probably not. <laughs> but, I mean, at least we can discuss these things and come up with solutions and not just rage. Okay, but I thought the reason why we could start a podcast is so we could rage about all the issues we have about wrestling. Uh, you know, Absolutely. that's what I thought the original. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> but folks, if you're just like us, you want to rage as well, you could do so. Hit us up on Instagram at Smartdown Boulevard. That's Smartdown BLVD. Check us out. Don't forget to follow. Don't forget to like. Check out our stories. We're always putting up great clips. We're coming up next. Aside from the rage, we're going to look at the positivity. We're going to look at the bright side of the ring, a new segment. Stay locked. <laughs> You're listening to Smartdown Boulevard. All right, guys, welcome back to Smartdown Boulevard. Uh, we're going to introduce a new segment this week, and it's called Bright Side of the Ring. We're going to be talking about positives that we see in the world of wrestling or things that we're enjoying right now, instead of bogging you all down with all of our hate and all of our criticism. We're going to be discussing a few things. So, uh, Jose, what are some things that you're enjoying right now? Well, you know, I, I'm really enjoying talented superstars getting a push. Two guys, Angel Garza, because this past Monday night, he beat Kevin Owens. And I think he deserves to be highlighted. And, you know, and I know people say, give him some time uh, to fine-tune his English. And, you know, he will. He, he's pretty good. He will be great on the mic. He's very passionate. I follow him on Twitter, so I know he loves the business. I followed him. He has experience. You know, he was in Lucha Libre, AAA, uh, Independent Circuit, Impact Wrestling, NXT, and now thriving on the main roster. So I'm looking forward to seeing what's in Angel Garza's future. And Apollo Crews. Here is a guy who mm-hmm, thrived. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He thrived yeah. and was a fan favorite in the indie circuit. Uh, he was known as Uha Nation. And then he signs with WWE in 2014. He brings that high-flying energy that a guy his size should not be doing. And then, unfortunately, until now, you know, he just coasted along the sidelines and he just wasn't given the proper chance to shine. But he's talented. He's a solid worker. He does lack promo work, but I think if you pair him with somebody, he they could be his mouthpiece. And I think that's what he needs to just be more elevated. But um, I'm glad this all changed this past Monday night because he won his first ever uh, WWE title, the United States Championship. Hopefully it's in the right direction for him, and um, he's deserved it. He's waited. And I'm glad that the WWE is pushing these talented superstars. How about you, Bamal, Mr. Uh, Devil's Advocate? What is a positive thing that you're seeing in wrestling? Well, I, I, I'm really interested. I, I, it doesn't shock me that you said that because I'm going to say something that is a Devil's Advocate because I know you're going to moan and groan when I say this. Here we go. But... I look at wrestling like a variety show, a little bit of for everyone, a little bit of something different for everyone, like ice cream, right? You come in, some people want vanilla, some people want chocolate, some people want chocolate chip. You don't know. Chocolate. A little bit for everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I'm looking at wrestling. There's a lot of good stuff. There's some good stuff, some bad stuff. But one thing that I like that is mainstream, and I can't lie, is an AEW Orange Cassidy. I know people oh. see me feel ways about, and I know Jose feels ways about it, but gimmick wrestling is a thing. Comedic wrestling exists. The fourth wall is down. Kayfabe is dead. Everyone's in on it. And 
yes, it doesn't make sense to have a guy who can't, doesn't fight, puts his hands in his pocket and doesn't whatever. I understand why it frustrates people like you. But the reality is the way he does his gimmick, it makes so much sense. And the reason why I fell even more in love with him was uh, after his, pack, his, his match against Pac. That thing was brilliant. He maintained his king of sloth style. He was he had this lazy appearance. His mood, he wasn't out doing an insane thing. He didn't see him doing super kick parties and doing power bombs and doing insane moves. He did very simple things, but he maintained his gimmick. He maintained his composure, and he was over. Yes, obviously in a real fight, you know he wouldn't be a realistic opponent. I know Jim Cornette's probably going crazy if he ever heard. He's probably calling me an idiot right now if I ever saw him. But and, like, you, and he would lose respect that I'm in this podcast listening to you say this. That, that's oh, <laughs> real shame, real shame. I'm crying on the inside. But the reality is, he is he, it's really well done for what it is. I mean, it's better than Joey Ryan, you know, uh, you know, who's using his, his junk to beat people up. I mean, the Orange <laughs> Cassidy bit is actually pretty brilliant. And he maintains his composure. His moveset works for his gimmick. He doesn't talk too much. He doesn't move... I mean, it, it's brilliant in its own right, and I really appreciate it. So, you know, I like it. Amen. I don't know. Obviously, you guys don't. No, you know what? You're entitled to your opinion, and that's the beauty about wrestling. One thing is just, one thing is my chocolate, and another thing is your vanilla, right? So, um, you know, it, it is yeah. what it is. I mean, the, that's the beauty I'm... of it, right? I mean, you find that entertaining. I I just yeah. I, I think he's, he's, he's an abomination, but uh, that's, just, that's just me. Jermaine. <laughs> I'm curious to see, yes. to hear what you think is the bright side of the ring. Well, I don't know how you guys feel about this guy, but as of late, I'm really starting to enjoy Seth Rollins' role as this messianic figure, the Monday Night Messiah. He finally addressed his followers as his disciples, giving him yep. that cultish feel. And I'm I'm just hoping that they give him more followers, more disciples. It was creepy the way how he uh, went up to Austin Theory and grabbed him by the head. And it's like he was looking into his soul, so to speak, you know, and just converted him to his side. I want to see him do that with more superstars because it'd be interesting to see him gain a following or maybe even preach a sermon or two. I don't know. Have people in the back join him. It's I'm really enjoying it, man. It's giving me giving me this creepy feeling, and and I like heels. I'm gonna say that right now. I love heels. <laughs> yeah, you're, 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 Jermaine is one thing. He's a great guy, nice guy, honest guy, uh-huh. but he loves the heels. He Deep loves down, He just wants to be a bad guy. He just wants yeah. to be a bad guy. And you know what, Jermaine? I agree with you. And this Monday is going to be interesting because they have the whole Ray Mysterio Jr. retirement. Thing going in on Raw, right. yeah, yeah, and yeah. and the Messiah is supposed to be the one hosting it. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. I I gotta agree with you. It's an interesting gimmick. It's not hundred percent for me, but it's a really interesting bit. But I, I really I do. love to see him convert Rey Mysterio. <laughs> what did this guy just say? Him he wants to convert, convert Rey Mysterio. Mysterio. Oh, convert, and then have him be like a. Oh, I thought you were talking like smack a... about Rey Mysterio. I'm like, that's a legend. <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> Rim cereal, and then have Rim cereal be his altar boy or something, you know? <laughs> you know, Jermaine, and I know Bamal not so much, but Jermaine, you're, you're a gamer, right? So doesn't this Seth Rollins uh, gimmick remind you of Joseph Seed from Far Cry 5? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it does. It's very and that's similar. probably what he's going for. I think yeah. so. Like this brainwashing dark messiah uh, having a bunch of followers and... 
yeah, yeah that's what it I'd love to I, see I look him at replicate him. That. I look at him and I'm like oh this is Joseph Seed the production of his entrance and the whole atmosphere the stained glass yeah the aesthetic yeah, the stained glass. yeah. yeah I love yeah. the aesthetic yeah some people hate it I and I understand rightfully so but I yeah. mean yeah yeah I think yeah. it's fresh I think it's it adds more it makes me interested in Seth Rollins because he, I think he was in a creative lull and this is just a great oh, way yeah. of of pushing yeah. him and giving him this interesting brainwashing dark messiah character eerie too that that could get himself over yeah no absolutely i think where he fell off when they pushed him as a face yeah. because when he beat brock at wrestlemania nobody wanted to see seth rollins beat brock they just wanted the title to be taken off of brock that helen the cell horrible match that that was just such a, a terrible match the scene, no selling everything. Mm, I'm so. just not going to get into this because this is the bright side yeah. of the ring. So I'm <laughs> you know what? I was just going I'm to interject. I was just going to, I was going to interject and be like, "Oh, you mean no selling like the elite?" But that's that's another segment. That is another segment yeah. for another time. But <laughs> thank you, thank you for yeah. saving me. Yeah, we saved you, man. I was I was your messiah and saved you there from going down a bad road. <laughs> we'll be right back on Smartdown Boulevard. This is Smartdown Boulevard. Before we sign off, I just want to mention that you can listen to us on many audio streaming platforms. You can listen to us primarily on Anchor.fm, which is our whole site. But we are on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and now, guys. We're on Apple Podcasts. How about that? Yeah. Big time. (laughs) Find us on Instagram as well, at Smartdown Boulevard. That's at Smartdown BLVD to connect with us and keep the conversation going. Jermaine, thank you very much. Thanks again, man. I look forward for the future episodes that we're going to do. Absolutely. And uh, don't work too hard, okay? (laughs) <laughs> oh, try not to, man. <laughs> thank you, and I look forward to um, our future showdown on Smark or No Smark. Remember, I promised you a rematch. Screw job, folks. Don't believe these lies. Propaganda, <laughs> like the government. It's all a lie. <laughs> Until next time, Smarks. Tuck your chin in. Oh, oh, oh.